Hey, welcome to the Weekend Mornings with Raji Sohal podcast. Coming up on the podcast today, the U.S. has announced the land border will reopen next month, but Canadians will still need a negative PCR test when returning. What does that mean for businesses just across the border? I talked to a restaurant owner in Point Roberts about what these changing rules mean for his operations. And an immigration lawyer in Blaine also joined us to talk about the news that mixed vaccines will now be accepted by the U.S. And a Kelowna restaurant owner had to deal with a group of teens who tried to scam their way into the restaurant using the same QR code. They allegedly came back after and graffitied the building. We had the restaurant owner on with us to talk about this kind of behavior, what it means for businesses like his. All of that and more on Weekend Mornings with Raji Sohal. Let's dive in. A lot of folks breathed a sigh of relief in the last few days as the United States announced that the border to Canada will reopen on November 8. I'm thinking of all the snowbirds and those in the travel industry, but also of people who've been separated from family and loved ones and also just people, you know, on the other side of our Washington border there, like the small community of Point Roberts and those small businesses there. However, there is a hitch in this good news, and that's that when Canadians, these day trippers, return back to Canada, you still need to take a PCR test. It's an added inconvenience, but it's also annoying because to get a COVID test, you have to pay. So here to talk about this uh, is a local business owner from Point Roberts. Nick Kaniski is the owner of Kaniski's Reef Tavern and Grill. Nick, it's great to have you on the program. Yeah, great. It's great being on the program. So uh, yeah, it's been, uh, this COVID's kind of killed, killed us in Point Roberts, you know, because we're surrounded by water and the only way to get there is through Canada. And then the border uh, allowed people from Point Roberts to be able to go into the surrounding areas in Delta. And as a business owner, people were happy. And and I was happy too, to be able to leave Point Roberts and go get something to eat. But my business was off 70%. Once they opened the border and let people across, it dropped down to 90%. Mm. So it uh, killed my business. And now everyone's excited. Oh, the border's opening. I think it's great. Actually, I'm sitting in Bellingham right now, flying down to Palm Springs to be with some of my snowbird friends down there. It's great for them because they can come across the border now and they'll be down one, two, three months and pay for the COVID test. But my business and most of the businesses in Point Roberts are are, uh, day trippers. They come down, get gas, milk, cheese, groceries, stop in, have lunch. And um, it's uh, economic, not feasible for them to come in and get something to eat, buy some gas, and then pay the money, $200 for a COVID test to uh, go back across the border. So I had uh, my, uh, I shut the bar down last night and uh, um, was was my last night, just not worth me being open. Mm. And I'm going to open up in the spring and hopefully um, they they don't have to do the COVID. They just need to be vaccinated with the COVID test. Oh boy. So you won't even hang around for this November 8 reopening? No, I think uh, people with uh, property, you know, will come down. So the first two weeks business will, will pick up. But in the long run, I don't think it's worth me to, me to stay open. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I've never seen it so slow. And people from Point Roberts have been very good about supporting my business. But after 18 months, I don't blame them. They want to go 
eat in different different places up in Canada and stuff. They're kind of sick of my food, which <laughs> I am too after so many months. But uh, I've had great support. There's probably 600 people in Point Roberts and probably 200 of them were in my place last night. So Aww. I feel very fortunate about that and very blessed. But um, yeah, I don't see, see things changing much for uh, for me in Point Roberts until they open the border and people can come back and forth if they're vaccinated. Yeah. How prepared were you for this kind of wildly dramatic drop in tourism that you experienced? Well, I, you know, I've been there 33 years and, and I've never seen any, anything like it. You know, I didn't. It took us all by surprise and just get getting worse and worse and worse. And I mean, I got some funding from the federal government, what, what helped out. But um, also, I missed a lot of funding. And I think out of you know, most of the United States, Point Roberts got hit really hard with the COVID because all my friends in Bellingham, Seattle, they stand a fighting chance because there's still people around. But, you know, when 70 percent, 70 to 80 percent of your business are Canadians and that they they can um, come down, you know, it's devastating. And you know, there's not a lot of profit in the restaurant business. So it, it just uh, it was devastating to me. Yeah. So when the border reopens to Canada on November 8, do you think that regulars are going to come rushing back? I think property owners are. Now, going through the border, in, you know, it, you can quote me on this, but I don't know if it's fact or not. They're saying that maybe people who own property in Point Roberts, the county will uh, pay for the COVID tests. So, I mean... You know, they have big investments down there and they haven't been down to their places for 18 months. People need to get down and, and, and check on it. But um, so so that would be great if the county would help out the Canadians to come down and, and so they can see their places. But for for the gas stations and in my business, I don't think you're, you'll get a little bump for a week or two until everyone checks their place out. Then, then they'll he- head back home. So you're, you're not going to see a big influx of people coming to to Point Roberts, like yeah. like when the borders open to get, you know, day trippers won't be coming down. Mm-hmm. We've heard that half the residents are dual citizens. Have you heard how the dual citizens have been affected? Yeah, I'm a dual citizen, right? Okay. So, um, um, I mean, we had to go abide by the laws, you, you know, for essential service to go across. I guess if you could really push it, you know, I'm a dual citizen. And, and I guess it couldn't stop me coming into Canada, but then I would have to quarantine for 14 days. So, um, you know, um, luckily with my business and stuff, I could get across the Blaine on a regular basis but if I needed to because I was a central service because I was a fireman and paramedic. So, so they were pretty good to me, but I didn't get to see my friends or go up into Canada for well, well over a year. So it's great to be able to go up in Swasson and, and see all my friends and stuff. So do you feel like the Biden administration's opening of the border is not exactly a clear good sign for those living in Point Roberts then? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it, it's not going to, um, it's not going to make, you know, the people with parcels and I don't think it's going to have much of an effect on, on, on Point Roberts. Now like Palm Springs, Florida, where all these snowbird go, it's going to have a huge effect because they're going to get down in in enjoy it so it's a benefit to you know california and, and but point roberts i don't think there's going to be much of an influence of uh of people coming down i don't think it's going to affect i, I mean we'll maybe get a couple hundred but you know on a busy day what we get eight ten thousand coming across we're not we're not going to see anything close to that 
Mm -hmm. And so for people in Point Roberts, uh, do you feel this is not that much of a relief then? Yeah, they don't, they don't feel that, you know, people from Point Roberts aren't saying, oh yeah, they're just thinking, let's, you know, big deal. You know, I mean, people in their cabins, you know, I think a lot of contractors and like the plumbers are going to be very busy because people are going to check their houses and find out there's a lot of damage, you know, say pipes are frozen and stuff because their houses have been neglected for over a year. Um, so, so they'll be busy, but you know, uh, in the restaurants, the grocery store, maybe they'll get, you know, for the first couple of weeks when people come down who can afford to come down and, uh, check their place out and pay for the COVID test. You know, it's $200 to get tested unless, uh, um, the county gives a break and people who pay property tax get, get a break and then a lot more would come down, but it's, it, it's only going to be a temporary bump because Point Roberts is a, a summer destination, and right. in the wintertime, yeah, you, you know, it, it, it slows down anyway. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, what's it going to take for things to actually turn around with this? You know, I, I think people getting vaccinated and just not, not having to do the COVID test. Mm. That would make a huge difference. But, you know, I, I, I met with Governor Inslee and, and the congressman. Congresswoman Belbaney, and, and they were blaming it all on Canada. You know, Canada won't open the border. Canada won't open the border. And then what happened was Canada opens the border and the U.S. wouldn't, right? Yeah. And so they, they don't seem to be very well informed about what's going on because I talked to them on a weekly basis. Right. And I, any news the day before, and they didn't even know. So they're kind of left, left in the um, dark. Yeah. I think it'll be easier for people on both sides of the border once uh, those policies are a bit more, as they say, harmonized. You know, in in, in the border guards, they they don't know what's going on. Mm. And so, you know, it's a little confusing. Then how do you how do you check people? How do you, um, you know, know their vaccination, they're vaccinated or not or. So I don't I don't think they got I think Canada's got way better plan than the U.S. does with the passports and everything. Hey, Nick, you raise a lot of important issues. Thank you so much for uh, being on the show with us this morning. Well, I appreciate it. You have a super day and be safe out there. And when the border opens up, I expect you to come down and visit me. (laughs) Sounds great. Thanks again, Nick. Okay, thank you very much. Bye Bye now. So just uh, in the last week, we've gotten news that the Center for Disease Control is allowing people with mixed doses to enter the United States. Obviously, this is great news for a lot of Canadians because a lot of Canadians had those mixed doses. Here to talk about the news is Blaine immigration lawyer Len Saunders. Hello, Len. Hi, Raji. How are you? Great. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. What is your reaction uh, now that the CDC has said that mixed doses are now considered amongst the uh, fully vaccinated? Well, I think that's definitely a step in the right direction uh, towards most Canadians being able to enter this country once again. Everyone was concerned because uh, there's really no clarification from the CDC in the U.S. until Friday. So I think a lot of Canadians, especially snowbirders who are looking at driving down here, um, after the reopening on uh, November the 8th, are probably very pleased to hear that news. Um, you know, so I think a lot of Canadians now who are hesitant on entering the U.S., if they had mixed doses, are now going to be more um, you know, likely to travel south during the winter. How is business doing in Blaine? Well, it really depends. You know, the gas stations, I always say, 
it's not like they have less customers. They have no customers. There's mm. nobody. Uh, wow. The mailbox places, you know, they have Christmas presents from two years ago that are still waiting to be picked up. Mine but other businesses, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you drive by these, these, these package uh, places yeah. and normally the lights are off. They're open maybe like one hour once a week for people to, to you know, pick up stuff. So they're going to be happy to clear out their warehouses. You know, other businesses are doing fine in this town, like the restaurants, because there's lots of locals still here. The golf course, I know um, our local golf course here, you can walk on at any point because most of the members are Canadians and nobody's coming down here. So it's a real mixed bag of how people are doing in Blaine. Yeah, we had a business owner on earlier in the program from Point Roberts. He uh, gave us his take on Canada requiring that uh, COVID test for the day trippers just getting uh, entering the country after November 8. Do you think they should stop COVID testing upon entry like in the United States? Oh, absolutely. So I, I listen to Nick and I know Nick very well. And, you know, the, the problem is, is there's been not a lack of coordination, but no coordination between the two governments from the day the border closed. The border closed on March 20th, 2020, so a year and a half ago. They did a joint closing. It wasn't one side closed and then the other side closed. They both closed on a Friday at midnight. This, like, partial reopenings that have been happening over the last six months, you know, allowing fully vaccinated Canadians to return to Canada and then Americans going to Canada a month later and then foreigners... That was great, but then the Americans did nothing, right? They, they, they made no changes to the land, you know, closure. Meanwhile, everyone's just flying in as if nothing had happened. So both governments have to get together and have a common approach because, yes, it's great that the Americans finally have reopened the border pretty much to everybody as long as you're vaccinated. But the problem is there's no point of coming to the, to the U.S. if you want to get gas, or pick up your packages, or buy groceries, if you have to get a $200 PCR test and, you know, return to Canada within 72 hours, you have to race down there and race back. Or if you want to get it on this side of the border, it's very difficult to find a place that will do it immediately. It used to be before summer, before a lot of Americans were going north, you could just drive through into many places in Bellingham and get a test and have your, your result back in 20 minutes. Now you have to drive all the way down to Seattle in some circumstances to get a same-day test or wait days or weeks to go into a local Whatcom County testing facility. So, yes, the border reopened, but for all practical purposes, unless you're a snowbird or deadheading south to the, uh, to the desert, most Canadians are not going to take advantage of this reopening. Mm-hmm. So it's not likely to affect businesses in Blaine that much, eh? I don't think you're going to see a huge increase in revenues, it's definitely a step in the right direction. It was very frustrating seeing, you know, a change of administration. Everyone was hoping that under Biden things would reopen, and there was no changes. A lot of the politicians were screaming along the border, our local Congress people, to have the border reopen, and it was, it was falling on deaf ears. So now at least we have a step in the right direction. But what I think the Americans need to do is contact the Canadian government and say, you need to drop that PCR test because if you're fully vaccinated, you know, chances of you catching COVID coming down here are pretty slim and there's no incentive to get vaccinated if you still have to go and get the test. So I think I'm hoping, and I'm not going to hold my breath here, but I'm hoping maybe by the end of the month or early November, 
given this change in the U.S. administration policy on the border reopening, I'm hoping the Canadian government will take a serious look at dropping that PCR test. And I'm a great example. I'm dual citizen, like Nick Knisky was saying earlier, he is, uh, on your show. I haven't been north for a year and a half. I could drive north whenever I want. I'm a Canadian. But the problem is I have to jump through these hoops. I have yeah. to get the PCR test. It's, it's not worth it for me just to come up, you know, for the day to the lower mainland yeah. and then come back again. And so I've been avoiding going north, and I spend money up there. I used to do my, you know, my dry cleaning in White Rock. I'd have yeah. my car serviced up there. I'd go and have lunch up there. So, you know, my dollars have not been going north, and I'm sure there's a lot more dollars coming south that haven't been, you know, spent in Whatcom County. Yeah. So you said a lot of these snowbirds are going to uh, head on their vacation soon. They're not going to be deterred, obviously, by the, the $200 PCR test because, you know, they're already making this big journey anyway. But what other related hurdles might they face? Well, so it's really interesting. So if you go north into Canada, it's very rigid. You have to, you know, download the app, the Arrive Canada app, and upload your proof of vaccination and you have to show that you've had a PCR test within 72 hours. Coming south, believe it or not, it seems from what I've heard, they're going to be doing the honor system. So you, you pull up in your RV, your snowboarder, it's a self-declaration. Are you vaccinated? Yes, and you're on your way. Oh, wow. You're doing spot checks. So it's much easier for Canadian to enter the U.S. now, as long as you're fully vaccinated, than it is going back into Canada. So it's once again... It's all of these like mixed, like I feel like half the time I'm not practicing law. I'm a travel agent because people are calling me and asking me all these questions. You know, I don't have any personal experience from going back and forth, but I sure have a lot of clients who tell me all of the problems which they encounter. And so, you know, and it's changing almost on a daily basis, what's required, what's not. You know, just like this double vaccination, these mixed doses, that just was, you know, ironed out on Friday. So, It'll be nice eventually when the borders have fully reopened and you can just drive back and forth like we could two years ago. Yeah. Thank you so much, Len Saunders, uh, for being with us this morning. Have a great Sunday. Thank you very much. You too. Well, some people say COVID has brought out the worst in people. I don't want to be so cynical as to agree with that. But just recently, a group of anti-vax teenagers targeted a restaurant in Kelowna. Well, I don't want to get into too many details because I've got the owner of the restaurant here to do the talking. Brent Stewart is the owner of Wings Tap and Grill in Kelowna. Hey, Brent, thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning. So thank you very much. Tell me exactly what happened at your restaurant. Well, um, I'll, I'll make it brief, but a, a group of uh, young guys came into the restaurant fully masked up and uh, showing their vaccine passport cards, but they were, uh, one of our employees noticed that they had all the same names on the vaccine card. So when we asked them for ID, because it was pretty pretty ironic, they all had the same name. So uh, we, we knew they were fraudulent. So when we asked them for ID, they said they were underage and uh, didn't need to show ID. And then they also said that they had been drinking. So right there, that was red flags to uh, escort them out. So let me get this straight. They showed you the QR code and they were all trying to basically scam their way in using the same QR code? Yeah, they'd obviously taken a screenshot and uh, and just used each other's card. 
So what was your staff's reaction? Well, it, it, first of all, the, the young lady that was scanning the codes, she's 16 years old. And so she went and got my manager. And uh, that's when, you know, the guys started to get a little bit belligerent and, you know, causing a scene and, and uh, pushing each other around and, and just getting really kind of ruckus going on. So that's when they were asked to leave. Brent, that sounds awful, and especially for your employee, who's a 16-year-old woman. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's and that's you know what, they, and then so when they were leaving, um, they threatened to come back and and you know shank the staff and the customers, and you know it was really really bizarre. And and then a couple hours later, we uh, got our building vandalized with spray paint all over the windows and metal frames on the windows and stuff. So. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit traumatic for the staff, for sure. Did anyone see who had done the, the vandalism? Yeah, so not being the brightest fellows, I guess, they were all wearing very unique clothing with logoed sweatshirts and that kind of thing. I have 16 high-definition security cameras on my building, so we could clearly see that it was the same people wearing the same clothes uh, that did the vandalizing. Mm-hmm. What do you want to say to anti-vaxxers who harass other places of dining? Yeah. Well, I guess, uh, I mean, I've done a few of these interviews now, and I've said that we make chicken wings. We don't make regulations. And uh, we can't pick and choose which regulations we choose to follow. We're governed by the Interior Health here in in the Interior, um, the BC Liquor Commission. I mean, we have all kinds of governing bodies that control our business licenses and that kind of thing. And it's not up to us to pick and choose which regulations we follow or not. And so it's really not our fault. Uh, and, And we're all in this together and i think a little bit of respect and compassion towards staff and other customers and you know i think that's the biggest message and and when people set in violence to come back and you know create violence in our place that gets us really concerned so we just want everybody just to be kind and uh realize that we're not it's no fun for us either so are you seeing a lot of this kind of behavior you know we we did at the beginning at the very beginning 19 months ago we saw a bit of this and then it all seemed that everybody kind of got used to it. But this is the worst regulation. We've always noticed a dip in business when new regulations are announced. And this new vaccine passport has has created a real uh, movement of violence and and, uh, and and disrespect from the people that are non-vaxxers. So I, I'd say that this is the worst it's been since the pandemic started. How worried are you for your staff? Well, I'd be uh, I'd be a fool to say I'm not worried. I, my staff are very, very, uh, and our customers are very resilient, and they know how to handle themselves. None of them ever work alone, so there's always somebody there to help. But, of course, I'm concerned that, you know, even the publicity of these four, who knows if they're going to come back and do something because now they've got all this publicity, but I hope not. But, yeah, I'm concerned, and, and they now know that if there's any altercation whatsoever, they just call the police. You know, I have seen some of these sandwich boards and posters and signs at all different kinds of restaurants in Metro Vancouver that say that are basically pleading with people, hey, our staff are just trying to do their jobs. We don't make these regulations. And, I, and I've wondered to myself, do we really need these reminders to people to be polite? What do you think? Well, absolutely. And I wish there was more we could do to, to get this message out. And I thank you for having me on to try and help. But I mean, it's, it's really gotten out of hand and we're in the hospitality business. We're supposed to be welcoming people in and having fun. And, and it's just not the way it used to be two years ago. 
we've totally changed our attitude and our role to be more on the defensive as a fo- as opposed to you know welcoming and and you know looking forward to people coming in now we kind of stand back and go okay is this going to be a tough one or not you know it's really strange for us do you think the RCMP should have stricter measures for anti-vaxxers who go out there and deliberately destroy property well i you know, I feel for the RCMP because I feel like their hands are tied. And, and what punishment are these kids going to get even if they get caught, you know? Um, so I think they're doing everything they can. I think I think it just it needs to be a total switch in how people are thinking. And, uh, of course, if they had stronger regulations and or um, ways to enforce the regulations, that would help. But right now what I see is three restaurants have been charged. You know, very few people have been charged with breaking these regulations so that definitely could be and i don't think it's just the rcmp bylaw enforcement interior health all the inspectors and and uh, enforcers could be given more power to um, uh, do fines and that kind of thing what else do you think could happen so that there's less of this feeling that hey we have the right to do this to other people's property i don't know if there is anything else you could do education i guess would be a lot of it but uh Realizing that what they did did nothing, you know, really, um, our community support has been amazing since Thursday. You know, people calling and saying, so sorry this happened. And, you know, they came into the restaurant just to say, you know, give their support and that kind of thing. So really what they were intending to do had the opposite effect of what they were wanting it to happen. Mm. Brent, thank you so much for being with us and sharing your story this morning. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Weekend Mornings with Raji Sohal podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to the show live on 980 CKNW from 6 to 9 a.m. every Sunday. Have a great week.